Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio is now on board. Spotify is now on board. TuneIn Radio and all the others I've mentioned in the past. Maybe I'll create a list and show them in the show description one day. Get that all together. I know uh, I know Wayne Hunt of the Courtside Podcast does that because it's a good idea to let people know all the different possible ways they can listen to the show. And I'm really happy to announce iHeartRadio and Spotify are now a part of things. Pretty cool. It's just more tentacles, more branches, more 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 branches to the tree of Purple Mafia. So great to have that thing rolling. It'll be a three-segment show and the last one for quite a while until probably the preseason. So first segment, Vikings-related. Second segment, Super Bowl 54, segment number three, fan interaction. So let's jump into our coaching staff. The Minnesota Vikings coaching staff is now set. So Jerry Gray, of course, was removed, and he went on to be the Green Bay Packers defensive back coach. Durante Jones has now been added to be the defensive backs coach for the Minnesota Vikings. He apparently had two two-year stints. <laughs> let, uh, let that roll right off your tongue. Two two-year stints with the Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals. So... Well, we'll see how that works out. Obviously, those two teams not too promising the last couple of years, but well, we'll see. Uh, Cincinnati has had some good defenses in the past, and of course, maybe that's where the connection might come in with Mike Zimmer somehow, some way. But he will be the defensive backs coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Offensive coordinator, well, it's a Kubiak. It's not going to be Clint. It's going to be Gary. Gary Kubiak comes down from the booth, or at least I think he will, and be the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. He is, <laughs> yep, he's done being the... Uh, well, he's still an assistant head coach, but basically he was not like an advisor anymore. Now he's the flat-out offensive coordinator. He is the man for the offense, 100%. Now Clint Kubiak remains the quarterback coach, and maybe he'll be the OC of the future. We'll see what happens with Gary, Clint, and Mike Zimmer. We'll see what happens with the future. So what about the defensive coordinator position? Well, is it going to be Adam Zimmer? Yes. Is it going to be Andre Patterson? Yes, it's going to be both. So I guess we're going to have co-defensive coordinators. I've seen it happen before in the past. Well, we'll see. Hopefully it works out well. When you have Mike Zimmer calling the plays and kind of running the show, I guess it kind of is what it is. There will also remain defensive line in uh, Andre Patterson's case, as he was with Dennis Green way, way back in the late 90s. And Adam Zimmer being the linebacker's coach as well. So it's kind of some busy jobs there. They're basically going to be running the defense together along with their positional coaching jobs. So only five guys in defense. Interesting. Uh, assistant defensive line Robert Rodriguez will be helping out with uh, Andre Patterson. And defense quality control Nick Rollis remains with the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff. Only five guys on the defensive staff. Special teams remains Marwin Maloof. Love that name. <laughs> Special teams assistant Ryan Ficken. And kicking consultant Nate Kading, the former Charger and other teams out there. In the past. So special teams has three coaches <laughs> rather than just one. And hey, you know, it's a lot of players, so I guess it makes a whole lot of sense. So tight ends coach Brian Perigny. Wide receivers Andrew Janako. Kenny Palomalo will be the running backs coach. Of course, he's related to Troy Palomalo, who is now in the Hall of Fame, along with a certain Minnesota Vikings guard with uh, with that we stole from the Seattle Seahawks way back in 06. Offensive line coach Rick Dennison, of course, outstanding and assistant offensive line coach Phil Rosher has been added. We'll see what happens there. So, uh, Christian Jones, offensive quality control, and hopefully there's some quality there. Let's get some quality. Uh, offensive quality control as well. AC Patterson. So, boy, they're really worried about quality control when it comes to the offense. They might have needed it sometimes, but, I don't know, as good as it was. And, yes, the head coach is Mike Zimmer. That's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? So, well, there's your coaching staff. Minnesota Vikings coaching staff is ready to go. All kinds of conversations, rumors, this and that. Should the Vikings trade uh, Stefan Diggs? Should the Vikings look to make a move to trade Stefan Diggs? I have no idea. I'm kind of like neutral on it right now. I'm just kind of like, let let the chips fall as they may. We'll cross that bridge when they get there. Right now, we're just kind of getting caught up with things. At least we know who the coaching staff is going to be for now. Of course, the general manager, Rick Spielman, blah, blah, blah. You could go on forever with that. So, at this stage, again, we're just hoping and praying. And as the Super Bowl would tell you, no matter how good a defense is, no matter how good that defense is, the way they wall up the Green Bay Packers, just kick their butts, destroy them. You need a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You need, you do. Um, Tom Brady had a great defense with him last year, and he still won the Super Bowl uh, as well, even though against a great defense with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, 
as Jared Goff was rendered useless because of New England's great defense. And then again, Brady was clutch enough to get the job done against that uh, great defense of the Los Angeles Rams. Definitely a defensive Super Bowl last year. This one kind of a bit of both. Kansas City smart defense with uh, Steve Spagnuolo. And of course, we'll talk about that more and more in the second uh, segment. But just saying, that's where the Vikings kind of need to head here. Hopefully, this uh, defensive backs coach is an upgrade over Jerry Gray. I believe I called him Jim Gray in the last episode because, I don't know, I must have came out wrong thinking about that announcer for some reason. That's the Gray I'm used to. the form, Or not announcer, but sideline reporter or interviewer, basically. One of those guys who can get under people's skin sometimes, I suppose, like he did with Pete Rose way back in the day. That was kind of fun. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf, all those people. He'd get under their skin sometimes. <laughs> that was kind of a, he's a funny guy, I guess you could say. Uh, but your coaching staff is set. It's a Kubiak. A Kubiak will be running the offense with his son. So it's just kind of that type of thing. Adam Zimmer will be running with his dad. So it's a one big happy family. Hopefully it leads to bigger and better things. We'll just have to wait and see. I have no idea yet. Um, I think the Minnesota Vikings' hopes of getting a Super Bowl championship will not come through free agency, but from the draft, including signing a quarterback in free agency. It's not getting us a Super Bowl. It's not happening. It didn't even happen with Brett Favre, of all people. So it was kind of too little too late with that one, as great as that team was. And it didn't help that our freaking draft pick, Adrian Peterson, fumbled the ball 19 times in that game. Of course, an exaggeration, but not that far off at the end of the day when you put that together. So again, you just got to hope and pray the Vikings can find the right quarterback somehow, some way. You make the gutsy trade. You do what you do. You move up in the draft to get a guy. It's amazing to think how good San Francisco could have been because Patrick Mahomes was sitting there when they made their draft pick, when they made that trade and they foiled the Chicago Bears to take uh, Mitchell Trubisky, which is, is ending up being a massive mistake for the Chicago Bears. With that said, we'll talk about the 49ers. We'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs in segment number two. Um, but, again, let's talk about... I'm almost jumping the gun here. We'll talk about the addition of Steve Hutchinson being added to the Hall of Fame. So that's always a great thing. You remember he joined the Minnesota Vikings in the offseason of 2006. Poison pill with the Seattle Seahawks, what they used against us to get Nate Burleson, a uh, pretty damn good wide receiver, wound up with the Seattle Seahawks with the same exact contract, same exact poison pill, and then the league kind of put the kibosh on that poison pill deal. So I still, you know, I knew how it worked in the past, and I kind of forgot now, but I guess it's so long in the past now it barely matters. But Steve Hutchinson, wonderful guard for the Minnesota Vikings, left guard, kind of carried things, carried Brian McKinney for a while. As talented as McKinney was, the effort wasn't there. The focus wasn't there. He was just kind of dope, I guess, at the end of the day when you come back with Brian McKinney, and that's why his career wasn't all that long. Could have been a Hall of Famer, but he's probably not going to be. Steve Hutchinson carried that offensive line for years in a position that's important. Of course, every position on the offensive line is extremely important, but left tackle is the most important, and Steve Hutchinson kind of carried things when it came to Brian McKinney and Steve Hutchinson on that left side. Made Brian McKinney look a little bit better than he was because of lack of effort. On McKinney's side. Huh? Wonderful, wonderful career. I have a feeling he's going to go in as a Seahawk. At least that's how they list him when they say us. Seattle Seahawks, Steve Hutchinson. I hope he goes in as a Viking, but he probably will go in as a Seahawk. That's just my guess. We'll still have to wait and see. If he won a Super Bowl with Minnesota, he would have gone in as a Viking. Uh, he went to the Super Bowl with the Seahawks, though. And later on in his career, he had uh, shoulder issues that kind of hampered him. And eventually that was kind of all she wrote. Uh, he would miss time. He would play injured, this and that. And... He just wasn't as good at the end because of all that uh, when you're basically playing with one arm because your shoulder is obviously crucial when pushing that offensive line the way you do. But wonderful, wonderful career. Wonderful addition to the Minnesota Vikings offensive line that helped quite a bit. It's just too bad he was kind of sort of by himself sometimes and that's why Brett Favre got mauled quite a bit. Uh, Though by that stage, Steve Hutchinson was becoming pretty banged up and eventually would uh, move on and eventually retire. But uh, wonderful career. Great to Great to have him on board the years we did. We also have uh, death of the other side of the line. Defensive end Chris Tolman. A lot of us loved him very much. What an amazing player. Came in as a linebacker for a 3-4 defense. Got moved to the defensive line. uh, Defensive end, should I say. And wound up with 150 sacks. What an amazing career. I couldn't believe it. When Dennis Green dumped Chris Tolman after 1993, I was just like, no way. Why would you do that? Um, The Minnesota Vikings defense was phenomenal. In the early 90s, he was so good in the late 80s as well. Keith Millard and others, and injuries kind of plagued that team, and there were guys that kind of had more of a their own agenda versus team agenda, and that's probably one of the main reasons the Minnesota Vikings didn't win a Super Bowl 
in the late 80s, as talented as they were. Just a crying shame. Uh, Chris Dolman, though, was a team guy, was a funny guy. He would lighten things up, always joking around, having fun, but was a hell of a player. And just terribly sad to see him go so quickly uh, at only the age of 58. Um, wound up with brain cancer, was diagnosed with it two years ago when he noticed uh, liquid coming out of his ear. People were wondering, what is going on? And then he ended up being diagnosed with uh, brain cancer. And then the day before Kobe Bryant died in his uh, fatal car, uh, fatal car accident, fatal helicopter accident, January 26th, just last Sunday, a week before the Super Bowl, just one day before that, on the 25th, Chris Dolman tweets out, I've beaten brain cancer. I, this is wonderful, you know, basically, praise the Lord, basically. And then, just two days later, he, he dies. So, absolutely crazy. Um, just more death going on. You, you lose Kobe Bryant for a national, international thing. You lose Chris Dolman locally and other teams as well. He played for San Francisco in the late 90s. That was an awesome defense. The 97 49ers was one of the best defenses ever. It's a crying shame. They just couldn't get past the Green Bay Packers. Though I don't think they would have beaten the Broncos in the Super Bowl that year, but maybe. Uh, maybe John Elway could have gotten some revenge for the drubbing the 49ers put on them in the late 80s. Oh, man. It was like one of those big, like 55-9 to, to nine type of games. Just absolute drubbings. But Chris Dolman, a part of some really good teams in those good old days. And then he came back in 1999, one more year, after he left the 49ers, one up with Minnesota as a free agent, was a little teeny bit out of shape, but then later in the year, he got back in shape again and started getting some sacks, and they really helped out that 1999 Vikings team that unfortunately, ultimately, would succumb to the uh, best offense ever, I guess you could say, they lost uh, the St. Louis Rams, Kurt Warner with that magical season, the 1999 Rams that went on and rolled to the Super Bowl title, though Tennessee kept them in check for quite a while, but just could not could not quite get in the end zone. Rams go on to win. It was nice to see Chris Dolman with the Vikings again. It was awesome. I loved it. It was just a bummer. You know, he was already 38 years old. He wasn't going to last forever, but you're hoping maybe somehow Jeff George and the Vikings could get a Super Bowl championship and Chris Dolman could retire with a ring at the last second. But it unfortunately was not meant to be at the end of the day. Uh, Loved this guy. He was one of my favorite Vikings when he was on the team, of course. And I followed him with Atlanta and San Francisco, and I was rooting for him all the way. Didn't hate the Falcons yet. <laughs> and Chris Dolman was on the 49ers in 98, so unfortunately his last year with them. But uh, he wore that number 56, just like Lawrence Taylor. Spectacular player. Again, coming in as a linebacker, that's why you see a defensive end with 56. Because he was a linebacker initially. Pass rushing outside linebacker ultimately ends up becoming a defensive end and has a Hall of Fame career. Hall of Fame career, just like John Randall. Spectacular. Um, was more highly touted than John Randall. Obviously, John Randall wasn't even a uh, draft pick. And he winds up getting to the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, great teams in those early 90s. Lots of fun. And uh, God bless Chris Dolman. And thanks for uh, you know thanks for the run you had in the NFL. And an even better guy off the field. We will give Chris Dolman a moment of silence. So, God bless Chris Dolman and his family. Well, yep, definitely a sad moment there. Uh, with that said, that's pretty much going to be it for Minnesota Vikings conversation. We should jump into the Super Bowl right about now. And I, Well, if I was going to bet the under, which I would have, well, just a click of a mouse, basically, or a click on a cell phone uh, screen, I did pick the under in one of those little contests, whatever the heck it is. I picked the under, and I would have been right. Under 54? It was under 54, but the 49ers still didn't win crazy. We'll talk about that right after this. And we are back here on segment number two. We're going to look at the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs end up winning 31-20, to Super Bowl 54. Things looked okay for San Francisco. They start off the drive very nicely, getting some first downs. They wind up only having to settle for a field goal, unfortunately. They get Kansas City for a three and out early, which made me feel good because, yes, I favored San Francisco in this game. I would have liked to see San Francisco get the job done, but I'm not that disappointed. It's nice to see Andy Reid finally get his ring and 
as Sebastian would put it, uh, our conversation before the Super Bowl, Sebastian Barton talked extensively about, hey, you know, it would be good to see Patrick Mahomes get that opportunity to be the face of the NFL, and that's what the NFL wants, and they got it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will be the face of the NFL for an extended period, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> Tom Brady definitely had his time, and unfortunately, I think that time is probably up. Uh, Bill Belichick made sure to display his six rings for the camera when he was named to one of the top ten coaches all time in that uh, NFL 100 deal. Nice to see a couple of Minnesota Vikings get in that group. Alan Page, of course. I didn't see Fran Tarkington make it. That's just interesting, but a lot of great quarterbacks have been in the NFL, and a lot of good guys were named, and deservingly so. Uh, nice to see Randall McDaniel get on there. Again, Alan Page. And uh, it was a great moment to see those guys get named at the end of the day. Uh, we'll continue to move forward. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, definitely, well, <laughs> definitely they were definitely passing the ball more often. The run was stopped early, and then it started to pick up a bit. Uh, San Francisco started to show some promise getting the run going, but it never really, truly got going like it did against the Green Bay Packers, unfortunately. Uh, Debu, Debu Samuel had some moments. He had the longest run of the day. Rashid Mustard still ran almost five yards a carry, but there were a, little, there were a couple of moments where it was two yards and a cloud of dust as I call it, Tecmo Bowl football, again. <laughs> they were the, uh, it was eight men in a box ready for him as he would sweep to the left, and then it was just, boom, down he went. Uh, Damian Williams had another big moment, but that was much, much later in the game, kind of like against the Minnesota Vikings when he ran for 91 yards, and that was a dagger in a big way. Uh, this 49ers defense had Patrick Mahomes struggling for the longest, longest time. They had him struggling, like, no touchdowns, two interceptions, minimal yardage. It's like, this is all a formula for San Francisco is just going to win. They're just going to get the job done. The defense is going to be better, and maybe Patrick Mahomes will get that choke label next to his name, along with Andy Reid, who's, you know, has lost a lot of big playoff games. Uh, He's won a lot of playoff games. He's had incredible regular seasons throughout his career. But then he just could never get the big one, like with the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl and, of course, multiple NFC Championship games and last year's AFC Championship game. They just couldn't get it done. Um, sometimes you just run into a better team and it kind of is what it is. And other times, well, sometimes maybe you got to overcome, regardless if it's a better team or not. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles could not get past the Tampa Bay Bucks and others along the way, unfortunately, for them. They couldn't get past the uh, St. Louis Rams initially back in 01, but a uh, very promising career for Andy Reid back then with uh, young Donovan McNabb. That's just, uh, quarterbacks have been Andy Reid's thing. Uh, he worked with Brett Favre for the Green Bay Packers. Again, worked with <laughs> worked with the young uh, young Donovan McNabb, and then all these years later got to work with uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Of course, had tons of success with Alex Smith as well. He just knows what he's doing. He just knows what he's doing. Uh, he's a very good quarterbacks coach. He's been a good tight end coach as well, of course. That's where he was with the Green Bay Packers, ultimately. But he did work with Brett Favre as well. Has had lots of success with quarterbacks and uh, just a damn good offense throughout his career. Uh, Travis Kelsey, massive success with the Kansas City Chiefs, of course. Uh, Definitely two great tight ends in this game. George Kittle couldn't really majorly get things going in this one, to be quite honest. Kansas City's defense was up to the task. They they were. uh, And... Steve Spagnuolo did a damn good job, like he did with the Giants years ago in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's turned out to be a pretty big name, uh, big game <laughs> defensive coordinator. Uh, Kendrick Bourne had a couple of big catches, including one late, that put the 49ers in position to possibly maybe go for that game-winning drive, which uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a few this year. Fourth-quarter drives that ended up leading the, the Niners to victory, including one against the Seattle Seahawks, and put them in a big position, ultimately, to get that number one seed, which helped them get to the Super Bowl. Uh, 49ers very much were in position to win this game for an extended extended period. It was 20-10, to 10, a really nice third quarter. Again, they won the coin toss at the beginning and elected to defer. Remember way back in the day, you'd think that was unheard of back in the day. And then whenever I'd play the little video games years ago and I'd win the coin toss, I'd always defer. It's like I was ahead of my time, I guess, and people eventually caught on to that, <laughs> thankfully. And no, it's just me and playing video games, but... I always thought it's a good idea. I mean, getting the ball in the second half, a little momentum. And, you know, I mean, you don't want to see the other team get the ball at the start of the second half. It's it's a disadvantage, especially if you're ahead. Uh, If you're ahead and you get the ball in the second half, what a big thing. And if you're behind and the other team has the ball to start the second half, you're at a massive disadvantage. So that's kind of how things were there. But things looked oh so promising. The running game was starting to work. 
Uh, they were forcing Patrick Mahomes into multiple turnovers. He did fumble the ball twice in the game, but luckily for Patrick Mahomes, none of those fumbles ended up being turnovers. They were recovered, or one of them got batted out of bounds, which uh, pushed them back a couple of yards. Them being the Kansas City Chiefs, of course. Patrick Mahomes did have, he could have had four turnovers in the game, and imagine if, if those fumbles were recovered by the 49ers. It would have been interesting, and it could have been a different day for a lot of uh, Chiefs fans and NFL fans alike seeing Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in football, that 49ers defense had the recipe to defeat him in this game. It just didn't work out in the end because Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, that's kind of the title of this episode and the title of this Super Bowl is three-peat comebacks. The way they came roaring back from 24 down against the Houston Texans wound up scoring 51 points. Texans would, would score one more touchdown in that game and it was a garbage time thing. 51-7, to basically, from there on forward. Uh, they fell behind against Tennessee in a big way and then came roaring back and beat the crap out of Tennessee. It was like no doubt. They were losing 20-10 to with only seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Kansas City had an opportunity to have a dagger of a drive, run the ball, get a couple first downs, burn that clock, maybe kick a field goal or score a touchdown. The 49ers would be world champions today if that happened, but that Kansas City defense... Forced that 49ers team, after getting their first, after getting a first down on the first series, wound up uh, shutting down San Francisco in a big way. And then came the uh, fateful drive with <laughs> you know, Patrick Mahomes with that deep pass completion. And uh, a, a guy with a big mouth was pretty quiet later in the game. Uh, he just got beat multiple occasions, that being Richard Sherman. Of course, the deep, deep pass ultimately completed to Tyreek Hill. Actually, that was Sammy Watkins down the field. No, that was the Tyreek Hill one, 44 yards down the field. And this was right when people were thinking he wasn't having the best game in Tyreek Hill's case. And then there it was. The announcers were literally saying, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were talking about, literally, like Kansas City just hasn't had that big play today and they need it now. Trailing 20-10 to 10 with less than seven minutes left. Patrick Holmes hurls the ball up. 44 yards later, Tyreek Hill brings it in. And he was targeted 16 times in the game. Again, did not have his best game. Dropped some surpasses. Terry Kill was able to make the reception. And things changed dramatically from there on. And you could kind of feel, you could kind of see it coming once that happened. San Francisco would quickly get into the end zone. Travis Kelsey. And there was just a momentum change. You could just feel it coming right then and right there. San Francisco, again, opportunity. Just bring the ball down the field and score. Eat up the clock. It's simple as that. You're ahead. You still have a chance to just get this done and win the game, but they have another three and out, or at least a legitimate three and out. It was their first three and out of the game. And then next thing you know, things just continue to snowball for the 49ers. The Chiefs wind up taking the lead on another good drive. Damian Williams, the touchdown that he had, oh my. Well, no, the, who was the one? Nope, it was the other guy. The touchdown by, it was a reception. This one by Damian Williams, he had a couple of touchdowns. Yep, it was Damian Williams, but I'm thinking about the run. Another uh, completion. This was on third and 15. That was just a huge completion. And then ultimately, Damian Williams, which who I thought stepped out of bounds before he got the ball over the plane, but the referee saw it differently. I thought Damian Williams is out of bounds on the play. Uh, it It was definitely a debatable call. I would say I thought he stepped out of bounds and it should have been Chiefs ball at like the two-yard line, the one-yard line. But they say he stepped over. When I saw the hands go up, I just yelled, no way. He was he was out of bounds before. But I guess it was a closer play than they thought, and or than I once originally thought. And ultimately, the, the uh, call was not reversed. And uh, Damian Williams was rewarded the touchdown, which pushed the Chiefs ahead. Next thing you know, Garoppolo can't do a whole lot of anything. And it was just extreme frustration, major frustration for Garoppolo and such. And next thing you know, <laughs> uh, the, the handoff to Damian Williams was very similar to what took place. This was after the Chiefs failed on fourth down, actually is what I'm trying to say. The uh, the 49ers failed on fourth down, and the key other key too, the, the Chiefs were able to convert on both of the fourth down attempts they had that were very crucial points of the game uh, on multiple occasions, kept the Chiefs alive. I mean, they don't convert on those fourth downs. They probably don't win today. Just a lot of big clutch plays and just big misses by the San Francisco defense that was so good all season. They just could not finish off 
the big plays that would have put the, the Kansas City Chiefs on ice. That just It just was not meant to be at the end of the day. Uh, 49ers were going for it, 4th and 10. Ultimately did not work out. The Chiefs take over, and it's simply a handoff to Damian Williams, and away he went, similar to what happened with the Minnesota Vikings. With a 91-yard return, Damian Williams' run was not nearly as long, but it was long enough. There's no doubt about that. It was long enough. It was just off he went and into the end zone, and next thing you know, they're up by they're up by uh, 11 points, and there was little to nothing Kansas City could do at that point. Pretty much everybody knew that the game was over, and the Kansas City Chiefs would be celebrating their first Super Bowl championship in 50 years. Um, huge moment for the Chiefs. Huge moment. Uh, the pressure... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in that fourth quarter was really a sight to see. I mean, the 49ers, again, I just will keep saying it looked like they had this thing. It really did. It really looked like they had this thing up 20-10. to 10, But then the momentum changed so much in that fourth quarter. Uh, but to the fact that it was still 20-10 to 10 with seven minutes left. Kansas City, or excuse me, I keep getting mixed up. San Francisco just burns the clock a little bit and winds up even kicking a field goal, that might have been enough. But if they get in the end zone, it absolutely would have been too much for Kansas City to come back from. But you look at what happened in that fourth quarter, ultimately 24-0, to that pretty much tells the story of who was the better team in the game and who was the team that uh, was destined to win the Super Bowl. Andy Reid, over 20 years of coaching, going back to 1999 with a rookie, Donovan McNabb, a uh, Philadelphia Eagles team that was starting from scratch and the competitive team that they put on that field for years, about 10 years there in uh, Philadelphia. Getting to the Super Bowl, getting to the NFC Championship game so many times. Remember how they couldn't couldn't, couldn't pass the Arizona Cardinals in 2008. That was the last big chance in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid. And uh, hard to believe Andy Reid's been in Kansas City seven years already. This was his seventh season, but, well, seventh heaven for Kansas City. Nice to hear what the owners said. Again, also... Uh, thanking the Lord and all that for such a great team and such a great organization. Again, uh, run by originally by Lamar Hunt, and that was of course he was the original owner and founder of the team, going all the way back when they were in a different city with a different name, years and years and years ago. But uh, great success for Kansas City. Obviously, I love the history with the 49ers, love the logo, love all that. Kansas City, I mean, one of the main reasons I wasn't super excited about them winning it was, hell, who's the team that beat us back in 1969? It was the Kansas City Chiefs, but at the end of the day, who is, who, who's to blame for the curse of 1969? Was it Len Dawson and the Kansas City Chiefs, or was it the Minnesota Vikings themselves? At the end of the day, you know the answer. You know the answer. You're favored to win that game, you need to go out there and get the job done, and that Minnesota Vikings team did not do it. Uh, a lot of people would uh, would agree that this was probably the better team. The team that was destined to win this game ended up winning the game. They were just a little bit better at the end of the day, but San Francisco put up a hell of an effort, and the fourth quarter was just not meant to be. Uh, you have your new face of the franchise, the face of the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure a lot of people very pleased with that. And again, Andy Reid, maybe he'll get another Super Bowl before he retires at the end of the day. Looks like football's his life, and... Uh, Good for him. 61 years of age and still going strong. I mean, you know, Mike Zimmer's about the same age, so there's still a chance for Mike Zimmer, I, I, I would hope, someday. Uh, we never got to see Kansas City in a, in a Super Bowl in, in my lifetime. At least I didn't. Some people did. Some people are old enough to remember that Super Bowl way back in 1969. That's how long it's been since the Kansas City Chiefs made it. Again, January 1970, but the 69 season. Every game before that was in 1969, including the AFC title game way, way, way back. Or actually, it was the AFL title game. That was the last year of the AFL and NFL when they officially turned them into conferences and all that. And Because uh, everything had merged into the National Football League around that point. And you saw the uh, <laughs> Minnesota Vikings as an NFC team versus NFL team. Pardon me for the noise there. Um... It, it's quite remarkable, though, when you consider Kansas City, the adversity they faced this year. Uh, they started things out nice. Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. They lose a couple games. The record was just not there. It looked like they might end up with the third seed, maybe even the fourth seed. Then they still somehow, some way, wind up with the number two seed because the Patriots lose a game to the bleeping Miami Dolphins at the end of the year. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who I originally had picked to be the number one seed and the Super Bowl champion versus the uh, New Orleans Saints. So I did pick the Chiefs back in August. Listen back to the season preview. I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I did. Uh, I, I was actually surprised I was picking them. I'm like, I'm actually picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. 
And then it's like, no, I'm going to be way off. It's going to be like maybe New England again, or it's going to be somebody totally different like San Francisco or the frickin' Packers or maybe the Saints. Who knows? But at the end of the day, <laughs> maybe the Saints would not have been crazy. But at the end of the day, it ended up being right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. My original pick ended up being right, even though it was way off. And I thought it was going to be Baltimore, the way things were going for so long. By about 10 or ten or 11 games in, I thought it was for sure going to be Baltimore. But ends up being the Kansas City Chiefs after all. Uh, they end up overcoming the uh, injury from Patrick Mahomes, a dislocated kneecap. That just sounds nasty. Only misses two weeks. One of them to the Minnesota Vikings, or versus the Minnesota Vikings. The team did struggle for a while. Uh, Matt Moore, at the end of the day, was, well, frustratingly good enough against the Minnesota Vikings, and I'll continue to say, that game helped the Kansas City Chiefs get the number two seed. It helped them greatly, being able to overcome the Minnesota Vikings and the fact they were in Arrowhead. That's a stroke of luck, because the Vikings never win there. And Kirk Cousins was just awful in that game. And the Kansas City Chiefs defense and Steve Spagnuolo and disguising this play, disguising this blitz, and having guys drop back into coverage and forcing Kirk Cousins into interceptions and turnovers and all that good stuff, uh, and pass rushing as well. It was kind of similar to what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Steve Stegmalo knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. And Honey Badger, obviously, one of the great players. He was revving up his team. He was pissed off in the sidelines when it was 20-10. to 10. It looked like the Chiefs might actually lose this game. He was furious, basically saying, step it up, guys, basically, probably with a few other profane words. And Kansas City would not allow another point after that at the end of the day. Um, Honey Badger, nice to see him get a championship after he was on some not-so-good teams with Arizona. Though at the beginning of his career, Arizona was still pretty decent. But not too long after that, as they say, not for long, Arizona was not good anymore, and they haven't been good ever since. Honey Badger, nice success uh, in his first season with Kansas City. Brings home a Super Bowl trophy, or Super Bowl ring anyway. And, well, awesome. Patrick Mahomes just three years into his career. Only his second year as a starter. Incredible. Second year as a starter wins the Super Bowl. Um, and he's the first star. The youngest quarterback and or player in NFL history to uh, bring in an MVP award. Pretty amazing at 24 years of age. Good for him. Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day. Definitely uh, an amazing, amazing run. Just 24 years of age for Patrick Mahomes and he's already a Super Bowl champion and the sky's the limit. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I'm glad he doesn't have that arrogance that some guys have uh, when they have early success in their career and they just keep the arrogance forever. I hope and pray that's the case with Patrick Mahomes, that he will not, that he will continue to, uh, well, be what I see as a guy that's just, he, he loves the game. He's passionate about it, but he's respectful. He's respectful. He's not looking for the next uh, moment to show somebody up. It's just celebrating with his teammates, and then that's it. It's not about showing somebody up and you know, dancing and shimmying down the field or shimmying down the court like a Steph Curry type. I uh, love what uh, Patrick Mahomes has brought, love his attitude, and if he's the face of the NFL going forward, so be it. I have nothing, I have no real problem with it. I just wish, I wish it was a Minnesota Vikings quarterback and winning Super Bowls. I wish the Minnesota Vikings could have gotten lucky that way, but hopefully that day will still come. Um, luckily, Patrick Mahomes is in the AFC. That's a good thing. It's amazing to think, though, the San Francisco 49ers, the same year that Patrick Mahomes was drafted, how they got kind of, they're bragging like, yeah, we foiled the Bears and are taking Mitchell Trubisky, and we got more pieces and more picks in that draft, which helped their defense. Of course, John Lynch was a defensive player. That's their general manager. He was a safety for the Bucks and Broncos over the years. Um, but, uh, woo, boy, <laughs> imagine if Patrick Mahomes wound up with the San Francisco 49ers. Just like, imagine if Aaron Rodgers wound up with the San Francisco 49ers years ago. So multiple opportunities for the 49ers to get their next Joe Montana, Steve Young. And as good as Garoppolo is, he's a good player. They're still waiting. They're still waiting for that next Montana Young. Uh, unfortunately, Green Bay wound up with, uh, you know, <laughs> wound up with entire careers of Favre and Aaron Rodgers, their entire career. Um, Steve Young was already a veteran by the time he had taken over as, a, as the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, so it wasn't nearly as long-lived as uh, it could have been. Like Green Bay with about 30 years of excellent quarterback play now, dating back to 1992. Kansas City has definitely had a lot of good quarterbacks over the years as well, and of course rebounds off of San Francisco like Joe Montana, Elvis Gerbach, who was not good. Montana was good, but very old. Uh, and then of course... Uh, Trent Green was excellent 
for a, for a considerable amount of time. They just didn't bring it home. Ultimately, their defense wasn't real good. Their offense was outstanding. That was in the Dick Vermeil days. Outstanding offense. And then you bring in Andy Reid years later. Winds up with Alex Smith, who did a hell of a job for a couple of years. And now Patrick Mahomes, and they're world champions. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to the city of Kansas City bringing home their second world championship in about five years here. Kansas City Royals, about four and a half ultimately. Kansas City Royals won their first World Series since 1985 and 2015, so 30 year wait there. 50 year wait for the uh, Chiefs to, to go from their first World uh, Super Bowl to their second. So big gaps in both cases and massive comebacks way back in 85 for the Kansas City Royals. They were trailing 3 to 1 in the American League Championship Series. And 3-1 to one in the World Series, and I ended up winning both of them. Congratulations to that old Royals team with George Brett leading the way. And this team pulled off back-to-back-to-back to back to back comebacks to win the Super Bowl and ultimately defeat the Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans. Funny, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans. It's just crazy to imagine that's who they played, and they were down by as much as they were. But hey, those teams overachieved, and they did a good job. They did a damn good job. And Kansas City ultimately against San Francisco, trailing by 10 with only 7 minutes left. Very, very impressive. A lot of teams might have succumbed in that situation, but not the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why they're world champions today, because they overcame so many different obstacles during the course of this season. Injury to Patrick Mahomes, possibly losing home field advantage. They still got home field enough and wound up having it in the AFC title game because the (laughs) stroke of luck with the Baltimore Colts. No, I'm just kidding. The Baltimore Ravens. Uh, getting crushed by the Tennessee Titans the way they did, and that helped the Chiefs owe so much to ultimately bring it home. Go back to their first Super Bowl in 50 years, and now they're, well, they're 2-1 in the Super Bowl. They went to the first Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers way back in 66. Bart Starr victorious, of course, in that one, and the Chiefs now have a winning record in the Super Bowl, thanks to the Vikings and the 49ers at the end of the day. (laughs) With that said, I will then, I will now, uh, Bit adieu to the 2019 season. This was my 29th Super Bowl that I was able to watch. Too bad I didn't see the the Niners more in the 80s. I just got to see like videos and such over the years. And of course, the great drive by Joe Montana against the Cincinnati Bengals. I was I was old enough. I just didn't watch football as much as I did back then. But since uh, 92, 91, 92, ultimately, this is my 29th Super Bowl now and my 13th covering it. My first year was with Paladino Live, and the last 12 have been with Purple Mafia. It's been an unbelievable pleasure covering these games and watching them and talking about them and just having a conversation with you, the listeners, about these games and these great players that have come and gone over the years. Eli Manning, my first Super Bowl to cover on Paladino Live, is now stepping away after playing off that amazing uh, feat, the miracle, basically. An incredible play, uh, and, well... (laughs) here we are all these years later and Kansas City Chiefs finally made it to the Super Bowl again and brought it home again with that said we'll take a quick break and get to what you guys have to say in fan interaction We are back here on Purple Mafia segment number three, fan interaction segment. Let's get to the Twitter right away. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Want to thank Vince Germano, at Vinrock44, and Tanae, uh, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the show. Vince Germano is out of Australia. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Thank you guys so very much for that, for retweeting the show. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says, After... Watching the Packers, I don't feel so bad by the Purple's defeat. The 49ers hardly need a quarterback with that ground game in D. And boy, you know, uh, I thought Garoppolo was fine in that game. He wasn't that bad, but down the stretch, it seemed like in that fourth quarter, he seemed to kind of lose his marbles a little bit. But I don't know. Most quarterbacks would when there's constant pressure. Uh, even, <laughs> even Patrick Mahomes was getting beat up pretty good for a while there, and he fumbled the ball multiple times in that game. So don't forget... Patrick Mahomes would have been ultimately called a choke, I think, at the end of the day, the way things might have turned out for the Kansas City Chiefs. Imagine if things didn't uh, turn around at the last seven minutes of that game. Very possible. Sam Gupta, Gupta, pardon me, out of California. I am so sorry. Sam Gupta out of California and Man Martin out of Northern Scotland both liked the most recent episode, Sea of Red, episode 313. 
Not too much activity. Malcolm McSween also out of California retweeting the show later on. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Um, I think there's a couple posts from, a couple tweets from Mad Martin way up there. He got kind of busy for a minute there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, gets kind of... Where did it go? Okay, Mad Martin was saying still held them to the field goal. Let's see, what was I saying? He was replying to crucial couple of fourth downs not stopped by San Francisco. And yep, Mad Martin says, but still held them to the field goal. That was huge. Yep, and that was huge for San Francisco early on. That's why they had a chance to win it. I was saying, now this is starting to look like the 49ers I remember the last couple of weeks. That was, again, being able to run the ball the way they were. It was pretty impressive. Mad Martin says, and I don't like it. So apparently he was cheering for the Chiefs. And that was it, pretty much. Uh, as for the halftime show, I'll mention this because I think, yeah, I think, man, uh, I'll wait till I get to the Facebook page here in a second. I'll let that come. Yeah, ugh, I'm not a fan of any of that stuff. But uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And then MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven is a, another Vikings Facebook page, like fan page. Founded by Trevor Wickerin, ultimately, at the end of the day. Thank you uh, very much for allowing me to post links to the show. And I encourage some, I encourage my listeners to go and check out that page and interact on there as well. But don't leave Purple Mafia if you could. That would be great. So, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. We continue off with the last episode's post. Sea of Red and all that. Uh, Mark Carlson. Let's click on this so I can get everybody. It always says most relevant. Well, they're all relevant. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, listening Monday afternoon as they drive around, looking for some parts for my snowblower that broke down, cleaning up the recent blizzard here. Hey, I agree, Joey. It feels like, it feels like a long way off. It does. Cousins is good, but he needs a lot of talent around him. And it seems, seems we have some of that special talent indeed, but not enough. And that goes team-wide. Where is that shutdown run defense? We had one once not that long ago. It does just feel so far away still. So as I write, uh, I write that here, who thinks next year is our year? I'm still proud, like Gerald String and Dave Hickey. I love this team, but uh, but like you said in this episode, Joey, you have to beat the Packers, especially at home. And if not, then nothing changes, even if all the players' names do. Thanks for putting this episode together, Joey. I love playoff football, and I think I will cheer for the Chiefs. Skull mark from Iowa. And yes, I've got to think a lot of Iowa, a lot of people from Iowa are, uh, you know, are Chiefs fans, or they'll like consider that like a second favorite type of team, like a rooting interest as you head into the postseason. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, Mark Carlson loading that. Not, it looks like a car stereo. That's pretty cool. Car vehicle. Uh, it's not a stereo anymore, but then again, yes, it is still a stereo. Mark Carlson says missing pieces. Some of. Someone dangerous in the return game like CP84. We have no one on the roster that is such a threat that they kick the ball away from him. Dave Vicky says, It's tough sledding being a Viking fan. That's for sure, Mark. We just always seem to run out of gas at the end of the year. Other than that, other than in the 70s, they had a whole team of future Hall of Famers that never won the big one. Then about 50, uh, 50 year break from the big game. A few sniffs here and there. Then the special teams lets them down in two big playoff games, including the Zimmer era. I don't see us going to the big game anytime soon. There is going to be a huge amount of movement this offseason. A lot of free agents on our team are going to be gone. We have to keep Anthony Harris, though. He is one of our special players. We need a super draft to be back into consideration. And with Rick Spielman and his hit-and-miss drafts at the controls, I don't see that happening. Great post, Dave Hickey. Great post. Great post, Dave Hickey. Mark Carlson showing in the car stereo there, like a computer stereo. Pretty cool. See you, Red, TSS, Pro Mafia, Minnesota Vikings show. Thank you. That is awesome. Appreciate that very much. He's playing it in that beautiful car stereo. I wonder how that one, how did uh, how did that load on there? Was, which, uh, I wonder, if was that an application or was that just loading from the uh, smart device there? Possibly. I'm not sure. But yeah, if you can, let me know. Interesting. I wonder if that was a specific application you loaded up there. So we move forward. Yep, and I was saying how not long after that, I had uh, posted that uh, iHeartRadio had received my request, and that'll take about two weeks. And yeah, Mark Harrelson was saying, that's awesome. Uh, Brent Jacobson was saying, hoping they accept you. Dave Vicky, best of luck. Joey, Kurt back. Kurt back out of uh, White Bear Lake says, oh my God, congratulations. 
And Tanae Brown is saying, awesome stuff, mate. And yep, it eventually did get there. It took a little while, but about two weeks. And now iHeartRadio is official for the Purple Mafia show. Of course, you can go to Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Either one of them. They all work. And whichever one you prefer is a, is a good deal. It's just another branch, possibly. Maybe people that only use those apps will join on board now. We'll, we'll see what happens. They'll see the show. It's going to be a slow burn, though. I don't expect a big jump or anything uh, right away. Maybe in time, though, it's a slow burn that helps. Just like Google Podcasts, I do think greatly helped the show. I do. I do believe that because not everybody had, uh, you know, because obviously not everybody uses iPhone and you shouldn't have to use iPhone to listen to the show. There were other applications that maybe people didn't like them as much. I don't know. But, I mean, I still recommend them if you want. Double Twist and Stitcher are, to, uh, to, to name a few, of course, Google Play Music is out there as well with Purple Mafia. So, let's see... I was up. Yep, I was officially on TuneIn Radio. So a lot of stuff happened since the last episode. Pro Mafia is now on TuneIn Radio. Uh, Mark Carlson was saying, I-, "I can now listen on my smart TV in the kitchen." Fantastic. And yep, there you go. So TuneIn Radio for your kitchen. But if you do, please download the show first if you can. That actually shows up better than streaming it. I think streaming it it doesn't even count as like a listen, which is really dumb. I mean, you can do that, but it wouldn't count as a download, though. That's the one thing. I'm not sure otherwise how it would work, but, well, it's helpful to the show. Uh, and here's the thing with uh, Anthony Harris. Adam Rank of NFL.com was basically saying the guy the Vikings most likely don't want to lose, he's, the, he's uh, the guy you don't want to lose, is Anthony Harris. He was saying consistently overlooked. Harris rarely misses a tackle and is a pretty good ball hawk. Having posted nine or interceptions over the last two seasons, if the Vikings allow him to walk as a free agent, he'll be considered one of the top players available, maybe next to Amari Cooper. If Minnesota is going to remain competitive in the NFC North, this team needs to hang on to players like Anthony Harris, and I agree a thousand percent there. Gerald Sring out of Nebraska says agreed, and yep, it's that simple. Yeah, they got to keep Anthony Harris. Then, of course, the news came out that uh, Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator. Named the offensive coordinator Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis says nice. So, yep, yep, I agree there. Not a whole lot of conversation, but thank you for that. And now I was announcing the Pro Mafia is on Spotify. So it's TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and ultimately iHeartRadio. So three major, major uh, links to, to uh, three major, major publications now Pro Mafia is available on. So that's good. Uh, Spotify, a big one, big one. Love Spotify. It's real good out there. It's on every Android phone. And you can get it on Apple phones too if you like Spotify more than Apple Podcasts. Because sometimes Apple Podcasts is pretty damn faulty. So... Spotify is a nice uh, nice option otherwise. And, of course, iHeartRadio as well. And TuneIn Radio. Could go on forever. It's nice to have them on board, though. Ah, uh, and there it is. I was saying my apologies if this was late. I thought I posted it already. Thoughts. And this was, again, Adam Zimmer and Andre Patterson being named co-defensive coordinators. Brad McCarthy was asking what I think. I was saying I'm kind of mad about it. To me, it reeks of the final year of the coaching staff, like when Looney was Mike Tyson's OC, and I kind of do lean that way, but we'll see. Al Burden simply does the thumbs down. I asked uh, Brett McCarthy what his thoughts were, and he says same, basically, like he's not too impressed. So, yeah, not too impressed, but we'll we'll see. I mean, it's hopefully it works out great, but I don't know. It's kind of just seems like they're almost like screwing around a little bit, and they were saying Chris Dolman has passed away, the Daily Norseman. This one generated a, a bit of uh, commentary, I would have to say. And, of course, all comments are relevant, damn it. John Thompson says, wow, R.I.P. He, ab- he was an absolute beast on the field. Mark Carlson says, awesome player, I can't believe the news. Josh Mayer-Henry out of Colorado says, one of my favorite all-time players, sad to see him go. Heather Hagedorn says, I didn't even know he was sick. He was one of my faves growing up. I agree. Uh, Kurt Back says, too young. I agree with that, too. Dave Hickey, Iowa, says, this was, or this is the first I've heard of this. That is a truly a sad news. In Vikings, his, uh, I'll just start over. I'm jumping all over this one. This is the first I've heard of this. This is truly a sad, a sad piece of news in Vikings history. He was one of the all-time greats, and he really was. Brett McCarthy says, R.I.P. And Margaret still had mentioned John Thompson to join the conversation there. 11 shares. Wow, so people are very uh, intrigued by that one. But again, sad to see it go that direction. So there it is, the uh, release of the Minnesota Vikings on iHeartRadio. Finally, big news breaking. 
a few, uh, like about a week ago there, a little less than a week, I guess I'd have to say, on January the 30th. Danae Brown says, awesome, mate. Again, out of New Zealand. Hopefully this brings your podcast to a larger audience. Definitely deserves it, and I appreciate that so much. Mark Carlson says, guess what I can find on my smart speaker. Yeah, it's so awesome. How handy is that? And yes, it is handy. And Brett Jake says, I'm super happy to see this, Joya Wijen. Congratulations, and thank you so very much, Brett Jacobson. Other than that, there is, uh, yep, the Steve Hutchinson conversation. There actually was no conversation, just a bunch of likes, which is fine, I suppose. It happens when it's an old lineman. And then you get the Super Bowl thread, which is very quiet, unfortunately. Mark Carlson says, I can't believe it's a tied game at halftime. Very, very good game so far. I'm not sure that Kelsey pushes up or not. Yep, that was a big, big, big call. But like that the flags, for the most part, have been few and far between. This halftime show is, I have no words. Yep, I'll get to that right about now. Yep, I'll get to it. I'm going to see what Jesse Ball said first. He said, I'm rooting for the Chiefs because the Niners have too many championships already. Let's see what let's see what you got, Andy Reid. And he did have it. And there it is. Yeah. Uh, Dave Hickey also says the halftime show was one wardrobe malfunction away from R-rated. And yeah, I, I didn't like it. Okay, I'll just suffice to say I didn't like it. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Um, what did Mark say here? I was saying I'm not a big fan of it either. And Mark Carlson says, like you, like you, I usually find something to do at halftime, especially during the Super Bowl. Me and my friend Paul wanted to watch it for once, just to see what kind of bullcrap propaganda there was. And let's just say there was some bullcrap propaganda. I won't get into it at this moment. I, you know, just because uh, we'll keep the politics out of it. But there was some bullcrap propaganda. There was, and of course the. Yeah, then I don't know. It was. It, let's just say it was very inappropriate to to go along with the bullcrap propaganda. It was very, very inappropriate. Um, I did not like that. That was <laughs> that was not the best. Okay, sure. As a male, that's nice to see and everything, but you got to look at the big picture. Is that really appropriate for like all audience, like everybody in the world to watch? Was that really appropriate? I say no. Nice to look at as a man, yes, but as a general viewer where it could be of all ages you know and i mean all ages like all the way down like three-year-olds and stuff was that appropriate absolutely not so i i think they're getting way too out of hand and it's i don't think it's ever going to get better i don't I, I think things will just get worse before they get better i unfortunately that's where we're headed as a society i think that's just disappointing at the end of the day <sighs> it's just my take of it okay here we go mark carlson wrapping up the section says well that was the most entertaining Super Bowl game in recent years. Each team seemed totally capable of taking the trophy home. Sad to see the season close, though. I love Sunday football and the faithful Purple Mafia show podcast that follows each week. Thanks for a super for super job this year, Joey Wisen, and thank you again, Mark Carlson. I can't thank you enough for what you had to say there. Can't thank you enough, and I agree with all of you that... Uh, with what you guys had to say about the halftime show. Apparently Brent, uh, Brent Jacobs and apparently Sebastian Balls loved it. And yes, that's the other side. He loved the the images that he was seeing and the actions that were being performed. <laughs> the movements, we'll say. Eh, you know, again, as a man, yeah, okay, sure. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But as a, again, come on. As a general audience, do you think that was appropriate? No, that's not appropriate. Like where it's just for everybody to see that? That's not appropriate at all. Not even close. So that's where I was a little bit irritated with it at the end of the day. And the bullcrap propaganda, of course, there's going to be. And of course, several commercials, there was more bullcrap propaganda. But that's just, again, the way things are these days. Bullcrap propaganda everywhere you go. I say take the red pill and throw that blue pill out the window. That's all I got to say about that. So... <laughs> that's all I got to say about that for this episode the stars are going to go Mark Carlson is going to get a platinum plated gold star what an awesome awesome show for you Mark Carlson thank you for being a major major part of things on Super Bowl Sunday can't thank you enough uh, Dave Hickey is going to get a gold plated silver uh, silver star he's right up there at the top in fact I could almost have those two guys sharing the gold star that's how good both of them were Iowa rules man Iowa rules Ah. <laughs> uh, and the rest of you that posted, you get a bronze star. You know, Jesse Ball's going to get a bronze star. Can't thank you enough. Mad Martin's going to get a bronze star. Kenny Brown's going to get a bronze star. And it's not just because, I mean, hey, I appreciate the interaction. And none of anything what you guys said, Sebastian Barnes going to get a bronze. None of anything what you guys said, Brent Jake, yep, Brent Jacobson, 
He should get a silver, actually, as well. Uh, awesome. Uh, wonderful. Thank you guys for the support to this show for a long time now. My, my 12th Super Bowl of Purple, Purple Mafia, 13th overall when you include uh, Paladino Live way back at the beginning. As now I've been doing podcasts for 12 years as of January 28th. My first podcast on January 28th, 2008, was a preview of the Super Bowl and review of the uh, NFC and AFC title games where the Patriots and Giants would clash in a 16-0 and versus a 10-6 and and the 10-6 and won. The ten and six one. Yep, the second Super Bowl was our second episode was about the Super Bowl that year. What an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing moment that was uh, at the end of the day. So, with that said, I want to thank all of you guys so very much for being a part of this show and for being a part of the 2019 season of Purple Mafia. The next episode will be State of the Vikings 2020. State of the Vikings 2020 as we ring in the new decade. And, of course, I'm going to want to hear your guys' most valuable player, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. I'll post a thread on Facebook probably right about now, right at the end of the show. I'll post a thread about that, and you guys can list uh, your MVP, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise, and why, basically, in the thread. And that'll be a major, major part of State of the Vikings 2020. There will be at least three, I believe, three new inductees into the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame. I know who they are for sure. Two of them come from the same state and another from a very different state that has not been named yet. So those are just little, subtle, (laughs) cryptic hints as to where we're heading into uh, the 2020 uh, Purple Mafia Hall of Fame induction. I think I'm going to stick with three. I think that's better. Then I don't like to have everybody already in it, so there's nothing to look forward to anymore. I don't want to just rush, oh, I just met this guy this year. He's in. You know, no. It's going to be people that have been around for a number of years now, and... They're going to get in. It's going to be three people. The class of 2020 will be three. They will not be announced until pretty much the end of the next episode. So welcome on board for those of you that have been. (laughs) Welcome on board for those of you that are going to come on. That's just a a little hint. You'll eventually find out when it happens. And hope hope you're listening. Promise me you'll listen. (laughs) That's all I got to say at the end of the day. Those of you that have been around for a while. So again, better give out the... uh, contact details of course uh the show description will hold the facebook page and the twitter account also again there's the email address paladino live at yahoo.com paladino live at yahoo.com that's for you to send an audio submission if you'd like to do that where it's basically like a phone call every smart device on the planet is a free voice recording application simply open it click record talk for three to five minutes something like that and of course if it's a very special occasion there's really no limit it'll be just green lights go go as long as you can especially if the vikings win the super bowl but at this time probably three to five minutes talk about the draft talk about free agency if you want to throw in your take about the super bowl or whatever maybe a call that you didn't agree with the push off with uh, george kittle he would have had a huge reception there that might have put the 49ers in position to kill the Chiefs, but unfortunately, that just wasn't meant to be. I didn't even mention that because I was so distracted with other things during the course of that uh, game review. So I deeply apologize for that. That was a huge part of things as well. Push-off, and of course, compared to the Kyle Rudolph push-off in the end zone, that was not called against the Saints, and most people would agree it was just hand play, so to speak. But uh, you could have maybe sort of said the same thing with... Uh, San Francisco, Kansas City, but I don't know. He, he extended his arm a little too much, I guess, did uh, George Kittle. But uh, no, the free voice recording application, again, treat it like a phone call. When you're done, when it's done, hit stop, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file, thanks to zomzar.com. I'm more than willing to give them a free plug because they give me a free service because these calls are not a big enough file that they need to charge me any money. So, but if you need to convert major files and such on a regular basis, then you can sign up for a monthly subscription with Zumzar.com. With that said, <clears throat> again, thank you again for listening. God bless all of you, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. It'll be a little while. It'll be a short hiatus. Probably don't want to wait too long. Get to that uh, State of the Vikings 2020 as we look into free agency and draft and blah, 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 and hope to bring this team finally to seeing purple, gold, and, and white uh, confetti coming down from the skies. And hearing that beautiful, beautiful Vince Lombardi presentation song as they walk down the aisle with that trophy and guys wearing purple and gold jerseys are touching that trophy. Hopefully that day can come sooner than later. Hopefully this draft can uh, can get us there at the end of the day. So we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Until then, take care and God bless. <laughs>